hamster with a blunt penknife and do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. How many times do you think I've said that now? Uh, three billion times. It's 350, but obviously batting back and forth with the guests, you know, as yeah. well. Very oh, good. Yeah. This is your 350th episode. I'm not sure. It's around that, you know. It's around that. You'll have to have a cake when you get to 500. No, 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 then Graham Williams is going to veto it and say, no, you have to put in some boring scene about the key to time instead. Ah, oh, rabbits. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I mean, if you can line up stones of blood, oh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, Pirate Planet for the 500th one. I've got a question Tricky. for you. Yep. I know, it's staggering, that, isn't it? Have you got a question? Have you got a question for me? Tell me your question. My question for you is this. is Throughout this commentary, I've had to ask many questions with regards to the plot of Fourth Doomsday, yeah? Yeah. Could that perhaps suggest that it is not as coherent as it might be, or that I'm just really fucking stupid? Oh, my child, you my child, my child. Oh, my child, my child, my child. There are many mysteries and many things to understand about Fort Doomsday. I myself have pondered its depths and its meanings for many a year, but uh, I have drawn these following conclusions. Firstly, it's great. Secondly, you're wrong. So there we go. <laughs> well, it's very succinct, I must say. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's the level argument you expect for somebody who's on Twitter, so whatever. You're basically saying I'm stupid. No, I was, uh, oh, my child, my child, my child. I'm not saying that you're stupid at all. I'm merely saying that to understand and to appreciate Fort Doomsday requires extensive study and repeated watching making notes and thinking about the lines and the dialogue and everything that it means at all hours of the day. Are you prepared to put in that effort? You know what worries me? Yeah. Is that this bit of turgid old nonsense has been watched by millions of people over and over again. This bit <laughs> of old nonsense, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, but <laughs> you know, there are... Uh, okay, so... There are so many worse things you could be watching. There are so many worse series. This is actually generally entertaining. You put it on, it's fun, it's comfortable. It's comfortable for me. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy Castrovalva, and I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy Kinder. But I still think, I, like, it's like rediscovering it on the Blu-ray, it was kind of like, oh, the first half of season 19 is a bit up and down. But for me now, the first half of season 19 is all pleasure. It's all enjoyable. Uh, and I, I really couldn't say why. I really couldn't say why, because I can see a lot of your points. I can see that there's a lot of nonsense in this, but I just love it. Can I say one thing, though, as well to you? Yeah. Uh, there's something very comfortable about this for me. And that's watching along and laughing at this silly old nonsense with you. <laughs> this is the most fun I've ever had before Doomsday. Hey, do we do you want to do some tweets beforehand or do you want to save them for the end? I think we should probably do a few more before we go. It's your turn. That's why I said I want to do some tweets beforehand. So let's dig into a big hello to 60 Second Who, whose uh, Twitter handle is 60 Sec Who. Have you listened to some of of his 60 Second uh, videos? Uh, Guilty, I have not. Oh, they're amazing. Uh, Everyone can do 60 Seconds. Yeah, honest to God, he manages to do a review in a minute. 
really, really, really funny, witty, insightful reviews in a minute. Anyway. Oh, damn. And it takes me three hours to think of a joke. Um, <laughs> Tegan is responsible for three main issues. Mm. One, apparently she can draw photorealistic people faster than any other known human. Two, she can randomly hit the controls on the console or not blow the TARDIS up. And three, she's an expert in extinct languages. All never mentioned again. Well, you know, I mean, it's nice for companions to have skills and abilities and to delve into the depths of them. But, you know, if we hear Perry as a botanist one more time, I think I'm going to scream because it just doesn't mean anything. And these skills are useful in this story. You don't need them again. You know, I mean, uh, when else are you going to need uh, to draw uh, a photorealistic sketch in under 30 seconds? Sorry, 60 second who? Get out of the pool! <laughs> <laughs> You're fired! You're no longer welcome in this pool! Um, else? Uh, yeah, okay, no, strong points on Tegan there from 60 Second Who. Let's scroll down a little he's, bit further. He's typically insightful, you know, in his videos. Go watch him. Ah, uh, we have Idolized, who is Clifford, 18175753. Uh, and uh, he says you can tell they filmed it first before the regeneration episodes. Everything feels unearned and undeveloped. Oh, idolize. I'm idolizing you right now. <laughs> uh, you're not welcome in the pool either. I can tell you that much. I, I think, I think, um, well, well, what do you mean unearned and undeveloped? Please, can you write another 20 tweets to explain why you think it's unearned? Because I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, that's dealt with that one succinctly. Uh, everybody uh, at Stephen Alexander. All right. <laughs> don't forget, don't forget. Track me down, Steve Alexander UK. Uh, Luke at Barbara Yataxa. Oh, what a handle. Barbara Yataxa. She's not Barbara, she's Yataxa. Uh, conceptually, I think it's rather brilliant, but the execution is just so flat. Are you kidding me? It's on two levels. There's literally a staircase from go to one to the next. The Fifth Doctor doesn't really have a defined personality yet. Yes, he does. It's Seagreed from All Creatures Great School, which is jarring after Baker, and the writer has absolutely no idea what to do with the companions. I disagree oh, with you. This is a I disagree. Oh, this is. I disagree with literally every word of that. Get out of the pool. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 we better do a couple more. I think we're going to miss people out and people are going to be disappointed. Uh, it was a big debate started by Ian Branch about whether it was filmed first, fifth or second. Uh, Mike Morgan joined in, as did John Arnold. Uh, we're still waiting for a conclusion on that one. There's one here from Fidel Castrovalva. Hi, Joe and Steve. I adore it. Annie Lambert looks like she stepped out of the cover of a Roxy music album. I love the spaceship's suitably eerie and sterile atmosphere. The sets look huge. And I love that the villain's nefarious scheme is foiled by a Chinese dragon parade. You know what, Fidel Castrovalva? Get out of the you're, pool. You're welcome in the pool. <laughs> extra, free extra hours swimming for Fidel Castrovalva. Matt, who is very handsome with a beard, says... Oh, handsome beard. Uh, this is only one topic to discuss... Oh, sorry. There is only one topic to discuss. Persuasion voguing when he is de-circuited oh yes that's what i said earlier <laughs> vogue oh that's the word for it Vogue. Very, very quickly because we need to get into this episode cowboy yeah. no cow josh bebop what a great name it will be absolutely the worst doctor who if not for the villain who has an interesting motivation also tegan speaking a language the doctor also tegan of... speaking a language that i don't understand the Doctor is one of her greatest moments. 
also, I suppose that's the yeah, it's a great moment when she she understands the uh, the Aboriginal dialect. Uh-huh. Yes. David Rennie says mm-hmm. Terence Dudley wrote very generic serviceable Doctor Who in that there is nothing especially great about it. I like the monarch's makeup, but the actors clearly are getting used to each other. The music and the sets are meh, and Adric is just so annoying. Oh, I, I particularly like his other stories. He's annoying as a as a wasp at a wedding in this story, which I thought was particularly amusing. And um, I've lost Lucy McCall's tweet, but I know she was very keen on this. Lucy McCall uh, is right at the top there. She said, uh, "Oh, okay, right. I'm going to have to read this very quickly." Okay, oh, sorry, Lucy, because okay. you wrote you wrote seven tweets. I like it. I like how the Doctor quickly realises that something isn't right with the explanations. The moment where he says quietly, and you're the Minister of Persuasion for one. I know Stratford Johns hated the makeup, but I like his genial villain. Tegan is angry and scared, and I don't see why she wouldn't be under the circumstances, especially when Adric goes over to the other side. Which reminds me, the part with the young idiot at the entertainment is also a favourite part of mine. And then there's Chekhov's cricket ball. Although the joke that accompanies his first appearance is a definite cringe. I wish the running gag of the Doctor's box being full of large numbers of unexplored objects had continued further past the top Baker's era. Sporting Gas is good, and I know Joe doesn't like a lot of exhibition, but I think she's managed well here. Bygone's revelation particularly. And there isn't a ending for the android there is a happy ending for the androids i'm getting carried away aren't i sorry oh one last thing the move away from planet of the spiders in terms of the casting is very welcome although there is still obviously a way to go okay okay i'll stop now it's two attempts to try and do a commentary and tweets oh it's not fair and this the last one three components problem again so i didn't understand a word of that however there is a function in podcast catchers that you can listen to this at half speed so if you'd care to do that i'm sure lucy's commentary was extremely insightful Lucy raised a lot of good points. I thoroughly agree with her. She can swim around with Fidel Castrovalva in the pool for as long as she desires. No, all of you. Get out of the pool. It's only me <laughs> no, you're right. in the pool today. You're right. Get out of our pool. It's just us. <laughs> right, we need to go into episode four. We're going to run out of time. Absolutely. Do it. Go. Right. That's in. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Off we go. Okay. Right. Oh my god, it's been so delightful this one, honestly. <laughs> Why are the really shit stories the most fun ones to talk about, honestly? I don't oh well, I don't know. Maybe oh perhaps we should do a really good one after this. Mm. Has anyone earmarked Genesis of the Daleks? They have. They have, okay. Right, well, I won't do that one then. Was the yeah, what? Pyramids of Mars, you know. Pyramids of Mars. Or Talons of Wing Chiang. Nobody dares do Talents of Wang Chai. Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy to talk about that. I think it's fantastic. But you can't. It's no more racist than this story, (laughs) is it? No, it is more racist than this story. Um, They've got. uh, They've got generally people of almost the right ethnicity in most of the roles, so it's a bit better. I don't know. I don't know. I. I, I'm not the right person to comment on this. uh, well done, Nissa, for saving the day. It's the first thing she's done in this story, isn't it? Of, of <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, th- I think I might realise why the pace is a bit slow. It's because the villains are all just slouching around in chairs watching the old thing on TV. Slouching around in chairs watching the thing on the... He is presiding over events like a great green Buddha, overseeing everything <laughs> and controlling everything. Buddha. He is... He is the ultimate power, and he and that just makes it all scary. The fact that he can see everything you're doing. You know what? Have you noticed he's got scabby green feet sticking out of that? <laughs> yes, scabby green feet. His little toes that he taps up and down are fantastic. Oh, my word! His little toes. Oh, uh, you may keep the pencil. That is a great, and you did that brilliantly, by the way. <laughs> That's because I've been practicing it so much. <laughs> uh, oh, that poor look at that poor centurion. He's got that sword stuck over his head and he can't move out of that position 
He is blatantly resting his arms on the top of his hat, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. You can't stand like that for that long. It's, uh, it's None of difficult. these extras can talk, otherwise I've got to pay him more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul Shelley's face with the magnifying glasses looking through the, doc- the doctor's po- uh, contents of the doctor's pockets. Rather wonderful. Have you Paul Shelley in anything else? Uh, oh, God, right, okay, I can check this very quickly, and it is I bet he's been in a Space 1999, or an Avengers, or something like that, you know. Okay, let's do a quick flick through his resume. He is uh, Pathfinders, shouldn't happen to a vet. Blake Seven, Major Provine, of course. Oh, Secret yeah. Army. Secret Army? Uh, Tale of Two Cities as Charles Darnay. Oh, I've seen that Tale of Two Cities. That's a Barry Letts, Terence Dix one, and well worth watching uh, no, from 1980. Philip, Philip Locke's back out of his coma. Although I can't <laughs> out of his coma. By Zeus, you're so mean to him. <laughs> oh, no, Tegan, look, she's landed at the TARDIS out in space. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, we're getting the scene come up, which is scripted with three words, which are Tegan goes berserk. Why do these uh, men writers, okay... They yeah. do these dreadful, they put women in charge of like pilot and things like Deanna Troy in Generations. Yeah. And they, they, they make them completely inept when, do you know what? Some of the best drivers I know are women. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They are, uh, 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 they're just good at it. Um, of course, I've got Time Lord, you know, who's currently uh, in the TARDIS, who's a very good pilot. I would also like to point out Paul Shelley's other amazing line where they stand at the window and look out the TARDIS together and Paul Shelley unexpectedly says, yes, Doctor, the poor are always with us and then drags him off. <laughs> it's just so... <laughs> there, is, there is the odd, like, sparkling one-liner in this. I will agree. But it is kind of shuffled in with all the mediocre nonsense they're asked to speak as well so when your brain is as adult as mine joe you'll realize that this script is zinger after zinger after zinger it is just oh, i love it anyway um no, i have said i love it haven't i you are adult i'm telling you all right <laughs> <laughs> well i wouldn't mush by watching too many terrence dudley stories i heard you've been interfering with monarchs and opticons i've interfered with many monopticons i'm telling you um, <laughs> Do you rate King's Demons then? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but then I I come to King's Demons late, so maybe if I watched it a couple more times, I would love it. What the thing I love most about King's Demons is that the master's disguise isn't very good, and they should have just stepped out the TARDIS, pointed straight at Sir Giles Estram, and said, "Oh look, it's the master." Because it's just, it's a terrible disguise. It's made me deeply suspicious of ginger beards now. And that's a problem, because my other ass got a ginger beard, all right? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the ginger beards. Ginger beards are beautiful no, and charming. I'm always trying to yank it off. I think it's nice. <laughs> I think it's Anthony Ainley under there. <laughs> trying to seduce me. I hear he like the odd Doctor Who. Oh, no, I'm going to stop now. Sorry. Ah, uh, I'm getting trouble now. <laughs> I, like, I, I like that Tegan's got the, the old TARDIS manual, which we've seen a couple of times. It does look like a completely different book, but, uh, you know, it's good to have the TARDIS manual back in the game. Nice bit. There's I more really continuity coming there be an actual book? Like, this is the most sophisticated technology in the universe, and there's this old dusty tome. Oh, but that's Doctor Who in a nutshell, isn't it? He's totally anachronistic and, you know, he's got a candelabra and his beautiful modern TARDIS and that sort of thing. So, uh, he's, yeah. He's acting here, Pete Davidson, right, when he's trying to pretend that he thinks Monarch's plan is, like, amazing to Adric. I mean, like... Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it too. Adric hey. is so stupid, he can't see through it. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely, I think Monarch's right. Yes, I totally agree. And I'm not making it up just to fill time at all. Oh, Adric. Well, you flourished his hat off that monopticon then. Uh, quite panache, isn't he, Peter Davison? Davison, in this story, demonstrates two amazing skills. First is his hat acting, which he develops to a fine art by the end. And he's always got the hat continuity, right? Whether it's a rolled up hat or his hat on his head. Um, and the other thing he does is pushing switches. I, we didn't miss it in the first episode, but he's fantastic at pushing switches. I think there's a third skill that he has in this story as well. Oh yes, okay. Wonderful okay. impression of his future son-in-law when his voice <laughs> goes really squeaky as the doctor. <laughs> well, yes, indeed, his future son-in-law. We all know who that is, don't we, Joe? We do. Did you not see him at that convention when he had that sign that said he's not all that and he's standing <laughs> at the end of David Tennant's queue? That was so <laughs> I do. I'll tell you what, I've to, uh, Peter Davison, he's a very amiable fellow, but actually he's sneakily a bit of a bitch, you know, and it's fabulous. Uh, I, I think he's actually a total bitch. I think he's, he's <laughs> quite, quite, quite rotten. Um, but uh, yeah, he plays it and it, it, it's a great uh, aspect to his character. And it makes the commentaries a heck of a lot of fun, particularly when they're all ratting on Adri uh, Matthew. Um, uh, but do you know what? Do you know what, right? Those Davidson commentaries are justly lauded. Like, they are a lot of fun. I think the Ark of Infinity one is infinitely more entertaining than the story itself. <laughs> um, but some of them, when they're really ratting on the stories and everything, yeah. get a bit like the Snake Dance one. Snake Dance is a pretty accomplished piece of work and they yeah. really go to town on like uh criticizing it to a point where i'm just like i don't know if i'm enjoying listening to this anymore you know yeah. that's why it's it's like you're when... here today otherwise it'd just be me <laughs> saying how terrible this all is <laughs> i always get upset when uh, particularly lala ward is very bad at, it, at at saying that they don't like the music they oh i don't like all the radiophonic i don't like the electronic music because i love the electronic music i'll happily listen to the electronic music all day you listen to the ones with her and christopher h bidmead my god they are literally on the verge of having a punch up <laughs> at some point <laughs> i'm quite right too i yes yes of course they would be do you think there is an ego more meteoric than christopher h bidmeets oh monarch of course monarch has the greatest <laughs> ego of them all oh, and we see this his brilliantly developed character in this story i mean i think christopher h bidmeet thinks he's god as well you know him and <laughs> take over the earth together <laughs> Chris Ray Bidmead, yes, his script editing was uh, designed to go faster than light so he could go back to the start of the universe and meet himself. In fact, they say that, that Monarch wants to go back to the start of the universe, and they should have said, we were there just in the last story. We went to the start of the universe. It was great. Me. Exactly. Thank you very much for bringing that up, because I've forgotten about that bit of nonsense in all this nonsense. What was that all about? He wants to go back yes. to the beginning of time? Well, he's, he's an egoist, isn't he? I mean, like, he believes he's the most important person in the whole of the universe, and therefore he is God, and he will go back in time and meet himself. It's it's very simple, Joe. Say, Steve, he's got his fingers in a lot of pies here. He's got yeah. his froggy fingers in a lot, a lot of... Half all. It's like the Daleks in Resurrection and the Daleks. They've got a lot going on. No wonder they they're got... shouting all the time and getting stressed. Yeah, I, I, normally they can't even get one plot right at a time. Oh, I like this, yes. He's trying to explain to Burke Quok why Monarch is a villain uh, and to win him over to his side uh, and just in a minute Burke Quok pulls the ultimate face of realisation and says ah oh, I have not thought of that in just that perfect way 
No, you're going to be cancelled, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait. You were doing Reece Shearsmith, weren't you? I was doing Reece Shearsmith in space. Yes. Yeah. You remember? Ah, oh, not for that. <laughs> That's from the Robot Wars episode, isn't it? Yes. Fantastic episode. Uh, I always think one day I might rewatch Spaced, but so long ago, so much of its time. I'm scared it won't, it won't like uh, live up to my own expectations because I loved it so much. You remember Marsha? Hello, Brian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a character. One line, right, so nothing to do with Force Doomsday, but hey, we're kind of done with that now. Um, There's that one line where um, Daisy tells a story and she's to recite an entire plot of a Disney movie. <laughs> and, and, oh, she just she goes, yeah, I kind of felt like that, you know, and Marsha goes, what? Like Mulan. <laughs> oh, I can't remember what the actress's name is. is it Juliet Harris? Juliet. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. another recreational. That's novel for Fourth Doomsday. <laughs> ah, yes, but it's building up to a cl- uh, yeah. No, we've seen this all before. But you know, people might have missed part two. If you if you missed part two, this is great. You haven't seen it before. You cannot use the word climax in this story. I'm sorry. I'm a man who's seen a few climaxes in my time. And I'm telling you now, this is an anti-climax. You have you have not had, obviously not had a climax where there's been Chinese dancing dragons, Aborigines and, uh, and uh, Athenians all present at once. Or maybe you have. No, you weren't invited out on that night. I'm telling you. All right. <laughs> Sounds like a good night to me. Um, Right, yeah. Okay, no, I will say actually, episode four does kind of run out of steam and gets a bit repetitive at this point. So there we go. That's me being negative. Episode four runs out of steam. Oh, gosh, shut up now. <laughs> at least, you know what, right? Something, something amazing happens in episode four. Monarch gets up out of his chair. <laughs> it's so funny. Because oh, well, all the recreationals are going on around him. It's utter chaos, and he just sort of boulders through, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he off. yeah he's had enough he's gonna sort it out himself uh, do you remember in space uh at the start of series so start of series two where he's burning all his phantom menace all his star wars stuff because he's seen the phantom menace <laughs> he's got that huge bonfire oh love that, that poor kid who wants the jar jar biggest toy and he's making him cry <laughs> you weren't there in the beginning were you <laughs> oh, actually there's one episode that ends with um I think it's Daisy, Daisy and someone in front of a window, just like the end of Empire Strikes Back when they're looking out <laughs> over space. Oh, it was oh so the million references and to the Matrix, which I don't like anymore. Yeah, a whole uh, zombie movie episode as well. Do you remember that one? Which one's that? The zombie movie episode where zombies all yeah. the time. That's oh. and that's not Shaun of the Dead. That is actually their own zombie movie episode they did first, and everyone in it has been in Doctor Who now. Everyone, everyone. What about Brian? Has he been in it? Oh, yeah. Why not? Oh, get him in Doctor <laughs> Who. I heard Jessica Hines tweeted as the next Doctor. You know, she'd be great. She is an amazing actress. There's, there's, there's a wealth of choice out there, isn't there? There's so many great people they could choose. Jessica Hines would be very, very good. My choice is really obvious, but she's so incredible. And she's so incredible and she looks so amazing in sex education that she would be Gillian Anderson. I just love her to be the doctor. Oh, that is a very interesting and expensive choice. Expensive. <laughs> but I'd like a mature, you know, an older doctor as well. I think that would be really, really Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, oh. Baffled again. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 
Well, you've, like with Davidson, you've always got to go for a contrast with the next doctor. So some, somebody who brings a different kind of energy. Um, but I'd be, I, I, yeah, Russell is, is not going to cast a white male, uh, middle-aged white male. There is no way that's going to happen. Um, you see that line there. Sometimes I think Terence Dudley is afflicted with the same problem as Pip and Jane. That he doesn't realise that a lot of his lines have a double meaning. He just went, um, Lin Futu just went, you know, um, the lubrication in the suits um, seizes our joints up. Or something like that. <laughs> um, I think with, I, uh, with a lot of the Doctor Who writers, it probably is that they do realise they have a double meaning. They just keep themselves entertained by putting these lines in. Look at Lin Futu. He's so happy in the background there, tickling that monopticon with the pencil. <laughs> oh, and Nissa wants to go. She likes it as well. Yeah, get that magnifying glass up there. I know somebody who really fancied Adric in that spacesuit. Oh, I know. I think there are lots of people who really fancy Adric in that spacesuit. I don't think it's uncommon. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. Do you get it? I think Matthew Waters is my He's a silver fox now. He's quite pretty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there is one or two particular photographs where he's lounging about in the spacesuit and he's just got a cute smile. And I think that's what people seem to like. It doesn't quite do it for me. I think Warren looks about 12 years old. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Westbury's, no, he's not. We know he's what not. What sort of a line is that? Cessation is not possible. Uh, that is uh, the kind of line you'd say if you were a frog for... Oh, oh God, I don't know. Oh, my God. Anyway, we've got... We're going up to the... Uh, yes, this is the spacewalk sequence. Now, the first time I saw this, I thought it wasn't very successful use of CSO and it didn't look very good. Um, and I think that's still true, but I still really like it. I love how ambitious it is. I love how... Um, and I wish this had been Davison's first day filming after Legopolis, that they completely wheeled him into a room, stuck him on a trolley in front of a green screen. Is he on a wire? Uh, he's lying he, He's lying on a trolley, apparently. Oh, really? Uh, in, in the film, yeah, in, in the film. Oh, look at that, that long shot of the TARDIS and the spaceship and the Doctor on the wire. I thought that looked really good. It does, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. It's just because it's on videotape. Oh, here we go, um, butchers moment of all. And I love Paul Shelley just standing there going, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Paul Shelley's not interested. Uh, uh, persuasion, sorry. Honestly, he puts his hand straight in his, and pulls out his circuit. And the music, I absolutely love the music in this sequence. Was I think... And it is like, this is one of the rare... 80s stories that hasn't had an isolated soundtrack or a cd release so the the music's not you can't you can't get this music you know why that is why is that joe because this is the only good bit of music in this story <sighs> it's great score i love the score it? it's ron jones roger lim oh roger lim yeah oh no. yeah okay it's oral torture <laughs> I don't like it when people diss the radiophonic workshop, Joe. Oh, <laughs> oh, I've been but you can if you like. Spout the odd bit of hyperbole, you know. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, enlightenment in his voguing pose. <laughs> Although it does change slightly, it doesn't get quite right. <laughs> look at persuasion. No, look at persuasion standing there with his hand out like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got them the wrong way around. I'm so sorry. I uh, uh, this lovely tossing the cable out to the doctor and saying, "You're dead now." Ha ha ha! Ah, 
I do you know what? I'm actually quite impressed. I think I, I think for the resources they had at the time, this looks pretty damn good. Yeah, and, and it's a sequence where they can't talk because they're in space, so they can't use any dialogue. And they're really selling it in their performances. You know, it suddenly becomes very physical. The way he is manhandling her now, that is a bit uncomfortable. Look, look at him. <laughs> That's he's, a just bit he's just decircuting her. It's fine. People get decircuted all the time. I'm telling you now, Adric never decircuited a woman in his life. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> they were suggesting was going on between him and Nissa, I don't believe it. Oh, poor Adric. He never, never kissed, kissed a girl. No. And then he died. Never saw a movie. And then he died. He died. He died. Yeah, yeah tragic, isn't it? See that fabulous claymation thing they did where he landed on the earth and then the dinosaur <laughs> his head. Uh, Earthshock episode five. Really funny. <laughs> and of course, of course, this sequence with the cricket ball would not work as the doctor would not have oh. the appropriate emotion to. Oh, and that also, person, all right. Are you? Are you oh, you're taking the Mickey out of that sort of person. Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Yes. And and it is freezing cold in space. And when the cricket ball hit his fingers, his fingers would have all fallen off because they would have been made of ice. And look at this shot of him standing by the in front of the TARDIS in space. Oh, that is what you watch Doctor Who for. That is brilliant. All the leaders like cheering. Yay! <laughs> he's done all that. He's going through, and then the biggest struggle he has to face is dealing with Tegan. Ah! Concentration. You're spoiling my concentration. <laughs> oh my I nearly died to save you, Tegan, so do not give me any shit, please. Oh, looks on the move. <laughs> he's out of control, he's had enough of the recreationals. He's been in that makeup all day and he's pissed. He's been watching recreationals for 10,000 years, he's had enough. He's gonna lay down the... that line at the end when he goes, No, Doctor! <laughs> oh, he, he gets a proper Daktar line. Oh, like all the best villains. From Revenge of the Cybermen. Daktar. What's going on now? It's chaotic, isn't it? Yeah, I know the so there, there's no air for them to breathe. So uh, they're, that's going to kill off the regulars. Uh, okay. And that's a very sensible plan. He truly goes for it in a minute, doesn't he? <gasps> Gets himself to hyperventilate, yeah. Um, or I think he's just saying, this has spent half an episode lying down and I want to go. Yeah, look, oh, there's... Proper going for it, though. Yeah. Oh, so I'm getting sucked into the action now. I, I don't really have very much to say at this point. Yeah, um, Quark's assembling his helmet. It is, a, it is a commentary. You know, you can just commentate. Yeah, I just say, what's that? There's Monarch. He's happily waiting for everyone to die. He's finally won and defeated the Doctor, and then he'll have access to the TARDIS. It's going to be terrible for humanity. You know, um, when you sort of pick up a frog, yeah, yeah, and his belly sort of hangs down, yeah, that can't be comfortable, yeah. Well, Stratford Johns is pulling that off brilliantly, <laughs> isn't he, in that chair? <laughs> <laughs> is he still with us? Uh, no, I think he's oh, he's okay. long gone. Um, but I think he, uh, maybe they should have played on that and had him bounding around on his back legs and told Stratford John to jump around. Like, uh, yeah, no, that would be fun. I've got to be honest with you. Look, this has literally only got another three minutes left and they haven't started tying up any of the plots yet. What about the invasion well, of Earth? What about the poison? What about the It's so the tense. It's so exciting, Joe. How are they going to wrap this up in time? I'm on the edge of my seat. No, I've got a feeling like Star Trek, they're just going to wave a pencil and it'll all be over. 
Oh, well, Star Trek, they'd probably have the... Well, if it's Voyager, they'd have the reset button. That's right. If it was right. next-gen, Picard... If it was next-gen, Picard would talk him to death. If it was uh, PS9, it was... everybody would die. <laughs> it, would, it would be yes. Garrick's fault. Oh, yeah, Garrick's amazing. Oh, he'd, yeah. he'd liven this up to... brilliantly. If Garrick well, I death. think Monica, Monica's a comparable character to Garrick because he's so uh, insidious and full of himself. No, you're not even listening to me, are you? No, sorry. I was thinking about Garrick then for a second. Remember that line he has where he goes, was, lying is a skill like any other. And if you want it maintained to a level of excellence, you have to practice constantly. Practice constantly, indeed. Oh, like what? throwing poison hey. at frogs. But why does that make him shrink? Because it reduces him to the size of a grain of salt. Why? And because he's still like in that? flesh time, what Joe. Do you know that reduces someone to the size of a grain of salt? Okay, so uh, you can have a poison that is uh, um, dehydrates you via osmosis uh, at an extreme level and causes oh. all the water to be sucked out of your body. Uh, see you. Okay, I, I'll give you that one. Well done. Yeah. I, I love this ending as well, where they're all saying, oh, well done, we've saved the day, big chance show with Brygan, and they have to leave because Segan's just had enough. Do you know what's like, great? What's get the fuck out to them in a minute? All the all the leaders when they go off, they all turn to each other and smile as if to say, "Right, let's have that orgy now." Wait, 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 wait. Look, Vinfuga is so happy. He's like, oh, sadly, those cliffhanger ending now, aren't we? Yeah, those people never stop dancing. Never ever. That recreational lasted for a million years. <gasps> oh, Steve. Yeah. We literally have four minutes, okay? So I'm going to ask Let's you right that. now, I need yep. three reasons why Fourth of Doomsday is a, a, you'll recommend it. Go. Okay, so the reasons to recommend Fourth of Doomsday are as follows. Number one, uh, Peter Davison gives a very different and energetic performance, and you can see him finding the role of the Doctor, and that is very interesting. Mm. The second reason, number two, is because of Paul Shelley. Uh, I, 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 I'll do that as the performance. The performance is Paul Shelley is great. Um, the Doctor is great. Uh, I love what they do with Tegan. Um, and also because... Uh, so there's number one and two reasons. That's some random reasons. There's not even in a number. But I think the third reason is because the more you watch it and the more you find the oddness in the lines and the strangeness of the dialogue, because it is very strange dialogue, uh, the more you find it enjoyable. Um, and I think it's 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 as I said earlier, it's people in funny costumes walking up and down alien corridors. And that is what Doctor Who should be about. That is, is a fundamental episode of Doctor Who. Um, and yeah, you just don't like it, do you? I, do you know what? I'm not entirely unconvinced, I've got to say. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I can see through your eyes why you like this so much. And I think as a... Uncom well, no, it's complicated. No, it's not. It's a simple narrative with complicated ideas. That's fair, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think also, I mean, to an extent, I am also laughing at it and with it at the same time. Because um, some, I wouldn't say it's a story that's so bad it's good, because I think it is actually good. Um, but it, it the, the, yeah, there's a lot, there's the dialogue, I, I say the dialogue's very strange. The dialogue's, the, the, there's a lot of fun lines in it. And um, I, like Tegan, uh, yeah, okay. Janet Fielding is quite bad at this.
Thank you. Nissa is quite bad in this, and Adric, uh, Matthew Waterhouse is also quite bad in this, but they're bad in an entertaining and fun, amiable way. And that makes it a joy to watch. Um, and like a lot of TV shows run about with the plot and they don't let you spend time with the characters these days. And it's really just sit back in the cut and enjoy it. And don't worry about who's shrinking who. Don't worry about, you know, it's a fallacy of the flesh time. Just, just enjoy yourself. Steve, you make such <clears throat> a compelling argument. The rarest of thing is going to happen on Hampshire with Blunt Pen Knife now. I'm going to let you have the last word. <laughs> oh my God, such a responsibility. I must choose the last words with well, great care. By Zeus! <laughs> <laughs> so 